it is a few days afterwards, but our handsome, brilliant sons deserve more than just one day to celebrate them. It is an honor to be the mother of a son, as sons are to carry on the legacy of the family. You know, I was just thinking about this and I began to reflect and ask myself, what am I teaching my son? And just as importantly, how am I treating him? How am I handling him? Now, the best way, God's way and intent for all children, but we're speaking about our sons here today, but all children, the best way for our sons to be raised is by having the nurturance of the mother and the father. But how many of us know that that is not always the case? Divorce, premature death, and other unexpected things happen that leave children lacking one parental role, right? So studies reveal that our sons are in greater danger of sexual, physical, emotional, and social problems if one parent is not active in their parental role. We don't have to be discouraged about this, however. We don't have to be in fear of it either. Um, I don't know if you listened to previous episodes of mine where I discussed um, the fear that I immediately felt when I realized that my son would not have his father in his life because our relationship had dissolved. It was not working. And as a result, I lived a great deal of his life fearing that he would not have what he needed to grow up into the man he's destined to be. So I've had to trust God that he would take care of my son. And every time that I've cried out to God to send a positive male into my son's life, he did just that. So I encourage you mothers, don't be discouraged. God will never leave your son or sons to go without what they need as long as you position yourself in meekness and hope and be open and willing to trust the positive males that come into your life and ask. You have to open up your mouth and ask and, you know, make your requests known, then things will work out just fine. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss what our sons need from us mothers, because though they need that male role model, they definitely need us mothers. And just because the father is not present, it does not mean that the child has to go bankrupt and it doesn't alleviate us from giving them what they need, not to be confused with what we want to give them. We have to do our part and fulfill our role because after all, parenting is servanthood. So in this episode, we're going to discuss what I've found that my son needs from me and give me grace because this is based on um, what I've learned and trial and error is what, you know, my, my overall experience with my son. So come on in and we'll have this discussion.
right, thank you so much for joining in. I'm going to dive right into our discussion, talking about the importance of a mother's role in her son's life. Now, though the presence and interaction of a father in a boy's life, or the lack thereof, is impactful, the influence of a mother is equally, if not more, impactful. We make an impact with our words, and honey, words they make a lasting impression. And I'm pretty sure that you can agree with that. Maybe you remember someone speaking to you yesterday or a week ago or a month ago, or maybe even many, many years ago. And what they said hit you so hard. And again, you're, you've held on to it for so long, which isn't good, but that's just how impactful words are. And mothers, we can tend to use our words or our tone as a means to intimidate and control our sons because why? We feel that they won't listen otherwise, right? Sometimes they, you know, may ignore us or we think that they'll, you know, overlook us and sometimes they do. And so this is especially true in this day and age where there is such a lack of respect for women and authority overall. But having this fear of them not respecting us, having this fear in you, controlling how you handle your son, you will find yourself in a world of trouble, trust me. And it will fill your emotions with stress and damage you, you yourself, your son, and the relationship that you all have. And so I want to explain how powerful words are. We create and shape our lives with our words. Words, they either can build up your son. They can paint pictures in the mind, right? That's our thoughts. And this means that they can create a perspective, a good one or a bad one, and they can shift the perspective of someone. And this is especially um, critical for children, right? Our sons um, who are in a developmental stage in in the child or the adolescent stage. So we don't want to put in their mind a broken or distorted perspective by the words that we speak, right? So we have to be careful with the words that we use. Words, they can also tear a person down. Pretty sure you you have experienced something like that or know someone who has, right? What's the saying? Um, Sticks and bones, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can never hurt me. That is the biggest lie that was ever said. Words hurt. Words can linger on in somebody's life for, again, years and years. And it takes a lot and it takes, you know, time to break free from those things, especially once you come into agreement with them. Words, they can do so much damage. And so it's imperative that we watch the words that we say to our sons. I, of course, am not perfect. And I've discovered that with Kai, my son, that less is more, right? I just need to get to the point 
of what I want to say to him and move on. And boys need this because they have what scientists say is rested brain. I've read up on this. And that means that with them, they become bored easily and they will tune out the long drawn out conversation that we, you know, that us women, we can have, right? And I'm pretty sure that men will probably say amen to that. When I read this study, I was like, okay, that that's interesting. And I shared it with some married women and they were like, oh, I need to read this book because yes, my husband, he acts just like I'm not listening to him. But science shows that it's not that they necessarily want to ignore us. It's because less is more to them. They don't need all of the conversation. So I try my best to be extremely, extremely careful with the words that I say to my son. He does not hear any slander from me. He does not hear me name calling him or saying vulgar or demeaning words to him. I don't even tell him that he's bad because for one, he is not, nor do I allow others to call him anything other than his name either. And so I make a practice of this because, again, I understand that words are powerful and they can either build him up or they can really do some great damage to him. Now, here are a few things that I've learned that my son needs from me. This might be different from yourself or other mothers, but this is what I have learned. Um, My son needs respect. Even as a young boy, I never wanted Kai to feel dishonored or overlooked because I went through it. I know what it felt like being muzzled and, you know, um, rejected. And so I didn't want my son to go through this. Now, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes and still make mistakes. But when I do, I make sure to apologize because for one, God will convict me and I have to go back and repent to him for that. That's not a bad situation or a bad, um, you know, a conversation that we may have that will go left because I'm angry. I didn't stop and take time to think about my response and I rather um, instead react it. I have to go back and repent because I don't want that to be a memory in his mind, right? Because again, that is something that he can harbor and become unforgiving and bitter about. So I make sure to go back and apologize and, you know, even ask him how he feels about it. And the older that my son Um, the older, now that he's older, I understand that I'm raising my son to become a man. So I want to bestow honor on him. And ultimately he deserves to be honored. Sometimes, um, parents, especially back in the day, parents just overlooked children. They would say things like children ought to be seen and not heard. And that is a lie from the pit. Like children, if they have a voice, then it's a, they have a voice for a reason. It's supposed to be heard you know, and not muzzled and pushed off just because you don't feel like listening or whatever the case may be. Now, this is especially, I found especially true for my son when he has done something wrong. Because when you tear your son down when they've made a mistake or bad decision, you will make them believe that they are the bad decision or that they are what they have done. And that's not true. 
So instead of demeaning my child when he has done something wrong and calling him a, you know, a bad name, that's not even my character anyway. But instead of calling him bad, I address the bad behavior. And I do that by finding out what his thoughts were when he was led to make the bad decision. And then I speak to him and build him up and tell him things like, you're better than that. You're way smarter than that foolish decision that you made. You can't be the excellent person that you were destined to be making these bad decisions, Kai. You know, and I tell him, don't waste your gifts and your talents on doing foolish and silly things. I actually just had this discussion with him when he opted to hang with his peers while they were, you know, being um, reckless in a store. And I told him, well, how is this decision smart when, you know, you can be recorded and now with social media, they can post those things. And you are on the verge of going into accelerated grades. What will happen if they, if, you know, you need a referral, you know, a reference and they see you on social media, you know, playing in a store. It might seem innocent, but some, some noble person who you need to give you a referral may see that and, and, and tell you no. You know, they're not going to give you that referral or that reference. So that's something that I make sure to let him know in a kind way instead of yelling and screaming at him. I allow my son also to have his opinion and to voice that in a respectful manner, of course, but I allow him to voice it. And this is to help him not be timid and to teach him how to speak up for himself. Right. We live in a world where there's bullies and things like that. And children can be so, so cruel. And I teach my son that you have a voice. You need to use it. You know, you have an opinion. It matters. It does. You don't have to give it for everything, but use your voice. And I practice not speaking over him. I allow him to speak and I don't cut him off. You know, I wait for him because I want him to know that he is to be respected right? By me. So that's what he should also expect from his friends as well. You know, his peers and others. I respect his privacy, but he does know that if he violates a rule, say as it pertains to his phone, you know, and the conversations that he has or certain things that he watches that are not allowed, when he violates that privilege, then now that privacy which is a privilege, <laughs> it's taken until he can regain my trust again. But I do give him and respect his privacy. Another thing that I've, I've learned that my son needs from me are my gentle words, right? Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. That is a verse from Proverbs 16 and 24, and it is ever so true, right? soft words they turn away wrath I don't want to get my son all wrapped up and you know angry and things like that when my goal is to love him and to nurture him and to build him up to raise him to be an amazing young man so I use kind words to him 
Sometimes now I've had to lift my voice at him to get his attention because he had a bad attitude or, you know, was ignoring me. But I don't bark at him or tell him to shut up. Usually I will, if if he isn't listening, I'll walk into the room so that I'm not yelling. I don't want my son to know me to be someone who is screaming and hollering at him because it doesn't take that. And I have found that when I speak to Kai in a softer tone, even when I'm correcting him, he takes it a lot better. Another thing, encouragement. I remind my son of how loved he is and how important he is to me and how important he is overall and how smart and creative he is. But with all of that, he must remain humble. That's something that we're working on. Humility, right? Even though he's this awesome little young man, he still is to remain humble. But I encourage him in his gifts and his talents when he tries to downplay his creativity and his talents in his art and his drawing, which he's really great at, I immediately cancel those words out. I don't allow him to demean himself or to downplay himself, but I simply motivate him to keep on practicing because practice makes perfect. And his mentor helps him to do the same. And so I'm grateful to have help there. Also, another area that we've been working on is being more social. You know, I encourage him to be more social by joining a sports or an academic team. I've found Kai to be um, more excited and open when I'm participating in the things that he loves to do and that he likes to do. Um, such as me coming to school and engaging in the activities and events there, spending time with him while he is doing his homework. This is something I actually had him to take a parent um, test where he graded me on how he felt that I was. And one of the things I got a low grade on, this was last school year, was that he wanted me to be more involved in his schooling. And so this year I've attended the meeting, I've even met his friends and they love me. And I'm I'm excited that he's even open to me doing that. That means that he has a level of trust um, for me you know, knowing his friends. And I really, really appreciate that. That's important as our sons grow older, especially in their teenage years. We want them to be, I know I want my son to trust me, right? With the people that he hangs out with. I want him to trust me. And also he loves, we love watching movies. And so that, um, it helps, you know, with our relationship and it helps, you know, with, how he feels that I'm encouraging him overall. Uh, Guidance is another thing that I found my son needs from him. And this might seem like kids want guidance, though sometimes I know for, I'll speak for my son. Sometimes it's, it's reluctant, right? Especially when he wants to do his own thing. But my son, our sons in general, they need wise counsel and they don't need us to manipulate them. As Kai has grown older and come into his teenage years, I've had to adjust my parenting style, right? At times it has felt easier to just make his decisions for him because he'll give me, you know, in the teenage years, my goodness, he'll give me the I don't know shrug, you know, I don't know. But I realized that 
that's handicapping him, just me choosing his, his, you know, making the decisions for him. He needs less of me instructing him and more of me guiding him, giving him counsel, giving him, you know, wisdom and me just pulling back and allowing him to make the decision for himself because I'm teaching him right, right? And so this is me allowing him to become more responsible by making his decisions. And even if he makes a mistake, it's okay. He's growing responsible and he's making the decisions. And even me, that means me having to pull back and allow him to even suffer the consequences so that he can learn to make better choices later on. Commitment. This is something that I really want to work on. I actually was in a parenting class and um, realized that I wasn't as committed in the area of um, sticking to my guns. If I, yeah, sticking to my guns on things that I, um, you know, implemented for him. I've been guilty of throwing up my hands when Kai uh, wasn't following the instructions that I gave him. You know, being burned out after work and and work outside of work and things like that. I didn't have it in me to reinforce the rules or the consequences that I put in place. And they became more like threats to him. But that all backfired on me because he got even more out of hand. And then what happened? I lost my cool. And then we were both angry at each other and against each other. And this is not okay at all because we are not enemies. My son is not my enemy and neither am I his enemy. You know, I don't want discord in our household. I don't want us to be divided because a house that is divided cannot stand. And so I, being the adult, have to calm myself and regain control and enforce the rules and the regulations. And while he might be upset because he has to do his chores and face the consequences for failing to abide by the rules, I have to set myself to stay committed to correcting him. Because in the long run, when he gets out into the world, people will not be as kind to him when he's broken a rule or regulation of theirs. Lastly, what I have discovered that my son needs from me is introduction to trusted males. The truth is we cannot give our sons everything that they need. There are some things that only males can give them. And I've had to open up and ask trusted men for help with my son and then get him to be open as well. Keyword is trusted. They have to be trustworthy. And because I was so untrusting of people, men in particular, it wasn't easy right off back. But as I became more trusting and prayed for God to send me males that I can, you know, trust with my son, I became more and more open. I learned the attributes to, that I needed to look for in these trusted men, right? But also it had been challenging because I needed to get my son to open up 
and be willing to build a rapport with these trusted men. It hasn't been easy, but he is loosening up. And I'm really grateful for that as he is moving into advanced grades in school. I'm excited for him to have those trusted male sources because he will encounter things that he might necessarily um, not want to share with me. And I want him to have that trusted male presence in his life that he can share his experience with. And a way that I encourage him is by allowing him to see me interact with my friends and others. I interact with uh, my neighbors or, and, or interact with people at my job and even going out and allowing him to um, get in on my experience. I share that with him and then I invite him to do the same, you know, and so he is opening up to that and I'm really, really grateful for it. So in closing, we mothers, we play a huge part, in fact, the biggest part in our son's social and emotional well-being. According to research and studies in sociology and anthropology, mothers help their sons express their emotions in a higher quality of words. We provide hands-on attachment and connection for our sons. We promote our son's character and self-esteem development through reliance on verbal conversation and feedback. And we help them feel better and feel more of their emotions consistently. This alone is why we must be extremely cautious with the words that we use and how we use those words with our sons. It's no secret, it's on the news everywhere. Young boys, teenagers, young and old men, they are losing their cool, even on women and babies. And we lived in a time, once upon a time, where that was not the case. And I wonder, and I ask this question, could it be because these men, these young boys, have had or have a mother who has neglected to speak kindly to them and tend to their emotional needs. Thank you so much for listening in on the discussion. Please, if you have any questions or feedback, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Both pages are at Believing Mothers and you can message me there or you can email me at Believing Mothers LLC at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining me. Hope that you'll come in to listen next time.